Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our match day 17 recap and uh, it's nearly Christmas. I'm here with Romanda Arcare. Not a lot of festive spirit going on. You're still a bit under the weather, Roman, but uh, nice to see you again. Hey Matt, nice to, to see you too. Looking forward to chatting a bit about this match day and yeah, not feeling at my best, but still always willing to talk about La Liga and football, which is, you know, what we love to do. This is the passion. This is the passion. Well, um, we were thinking a few weeks ago that it could be a really exciting four-horse race for the title. And dare I say it, Roman, we might have lost two of the horses this weekend because Atleti and Barca both stumbled. Um, we're going to start with Athletic against Atleti because that was probably the result of the weekend, I would say, in terms of a statement from one side or another. And Sam Mez, we know, can be a tough place to go. But, you know, Real Madrid have already won there this season. But Atleti couldn't do the same because they were beaten 2-0. It could have been worse. Uh, Athletic were pretty comprehensive in terms of, of chances. And, yeah, Gorka Guruceta and Nico Williams, who is a rising star of all rising stars, to make it 2-0. And, uh, yeah, this is quite a statement from Athletic, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we knew that they had a chance of, of getting a good result uh, at San Mamés. As you said, it's a stadium where they always feel very comfortable, you know, with their fans surrounding them. And in fact, they're going through a good streak at home with six wins and two draws, you know. So, I mean, you kind of felt like also keeping in mind that Atletico Madrid have been, we could say, poor compared to how they play at home. You know, they don't usually play at the same level for some reason. I think they've lost their last three games away and you kind of feel like those games are quite a struggle for Atletico Madrid, you know, and they don't have the, the same ease of performing as they usually do at home. Obviously, it depends on the game, but when you face a team like Athletic Club, that you know they have that uh, pace in attack and that uh, capacity to do a lot of damage in the counters and, and, and with the high pressure they usually uh, put in place, it's, it's very difficult and Atletico Madrid really didn't have any answers, you know. Um, it's true that... Uh, um, Athletic had very little ball possession, but still, you know, they still were capable of generating those opportunities. And in the end, it's what it counts. And if you score, you get the goals, you get the results. And great job from Athletic Club, you know, who are still uh, doing very well this season, already up to fifth. And uh, we'll see how far uh, they can go. And they're only two points behind Atleti in fourth. Okay, Atleti have a game in hand, but, you know, for Athletic to be this close to the top four at this stage of the season is 
real testament, I think, to the work that Ernesto Valverde is doing. And they're scoring goals for fun. Only only Girona and Real Madrid have scored more than Athletic this season. So for a team that used to struggle so much for goals, how is it that Valverde has been able to get a tune, particularly out of the Williams brothers? How, how do you think he's doing it? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, we know that uh, Valverde is, is a great coach. He he also knows the club very, very well. He knows the talent. He knows what the players are capable of. And I guess the potential has always been there. I mean, the Williams brothers are, are really, really good. Iñaki Williams, maybe at certain points, a bit more was expected from him. But I mean, he's had a great first half of the season so far. He's looked really sharp, probably... One of his best starts of the season, I can remember, honestly, with Iñaki Williams scoring important goals, being very important. And I guess, you know, Valverde just knew what the team needed. He's also, like, pairing them together, I guess. Brothers playing also enjoy themselves. You know, it's something that not many can boast about. And in the end, he's he's getting the most out of all his players. You know, uh, Guruceta, Sancet, uh, Berenguer, they're all performing really well when they're required to. And uh, that's something that Valverde is capable of doing, you know, getting the players to mentally be prepared and to believe in in the message and in the project and at the moment uh, they're getting the results uh, we we do tend to say that the club start off really well quite intense and start to lose a bit of that intensity as, as the games go by but at the moment they're keeping up this really good level and uh, it's pretty impressive what they're doing so far mm, ahead of their rivals Real Sociedad too so Let's see how far they can can keep this going and whether they can mount a challenge for that top four spot. It could be could be the race that is is worth watching rather than perhaps the title. Who knows? As for Atleti, then, um, yeah, you're right. Their last three away games in the league have all been defeats. Uh, Las Palmas uh, against uh, obviously Las Palmas in Montjuic against Barça and this weekend in San Mamés. Their last away win in the league came at Celta way back in October. So yeah, for a team that is trying to aspire to win the league or challenge for the league, that that form on the road has to be improved, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, if there's a manager that I think can uh, turn that around, it's Cholo Simeone. I mean, he's been there forever now and he's constantly keeping Atletico at the highest level. And of course, there are slumps. Of course, there are tough moments. But I mean, tougher than what they went through last season halfway. Uh, I don't think... Uh, they're going to find much more. So, I mean, in that sense, I do think they're going to recover from this and, and Cholo will just have to find a way to get his players to to believe in themselves because I don't know if they're coming out uh, maybe without the belief that they can perform well or, I mean, intimidated somehow by by opposition fans and, and, and teams. But uh, it is surprising to know that, uh, to see that a team from Cholo Simeone is, is struggling in that sense. But as, as I said, I'm sure that they can uh, find ways to, to stop this bad streak. Mm. Well, they have two more home games, which, of course, as you say, is their, their happy place. They have Getafe midweek and then Sevilla next weekend, which is that rearranged game in hand. But then their next away game in the league, the first game of 2024, is at Girona. <laughs> so if they want to put this away form um, in a better shape, that's going to be a pretty tough place to go and try and start that. So, But a great place to, to do so. For. Absolutely, that would be a statement if they were to go there and win, but we will see. Exactly. Uh, let's turn our attention now to Barca. Um, you spoke with Rory in the week about the Champions League game and the, the questions that Xavi is, is having to, to try and answer and how he may or may not be doing a very good job of that. But uh, Barca went to Mestalla, played a lot better, I think it's fair to say, but the result didn't really match. They took the lead through João Felix, but then were pegged back by... Uh, Hugo Guillemon, really lovely goal, 
And that's how it finished, 1-1 at Mistaya. So that's now three games without a win for Barca. Roman, where do you think Barca are right now? Do you think there's big problems to solve or do you think this is just a, a rough patch? What do you think? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, with Xavi along the way, there have been quite a few rough patches, we could say. And at this point, it does feel like another rough patch. But at the same time, uh, fans, media, etc. here in Barcelona are a bit more fed up. Because as new rough patches come, you don't um, accept them in the same way, we could say. So now it's harder and people are even more doubtful and, and resentful. And are not convinced on whether Xavi is really doing the right job. Of course, there are still people who, who believe in Xavi. I myself always say, I think he has to stay until the end of the season. I think he's earned it. Uh, but of course, I can understand there are people doubting and uh, there are problems to be solved because it's true that uh, in two years and, and a half or so, he hasn't really been capable of, of changing the team too much because uh, we always say that there are good moments of football, but then there are lots of moments where you feel like this team should before, be performing so much better and I think the criticism has been harsh in the last few games uh, except for the Champions League game of course which for me was a very very poor game from Barca and obviously rotations were involved and uh, there wasn't really not that much motivation to win but I don't think that we have been as bad we were good against Atletico Madrid for me against Girona I think we performed quite well I mean we had the chances at least the problem was that defensively we were uh, very weak and I thought against Valencia we looked a bit more solid at the back uh, we weren't as vulnerable, even though Valencia were capable of generating, and that's still a big problem. So, I mean, if they don't find a way to solidify uh, the back and, and avoid conceding goals, then it's going to be difficult. But the main problem for me is not being capable of scoring the goals, you know, because I think Barca is the team that misses the more big chances in games in, in the whole of Europe, I'd say. We're up there and we're really forgiving because, I mean, Girona, Atletico, um, uh, sorry, this last game that's just... Valencia, sorry. <laughs> um, all these games have had some really, really good chances where you're like, how did Barca only score one goal? And it, and it doesn't really make sense. And I mean, Xavi can only do so much, you know? I mean, he can't go in there and, and, and push the ball uh, to the back of the net. So here I feel like it's the players that need to step up, you know, and, and finish the opportunities because honestly, it's not just Lewandowski. I mean, other players have also been uh, missing out on, on really, really good opportunities. And if you don't score the goals in the end, you don't get the points. And for me, it's crucial that uh, this uh, happens. And I also, sorry, want to add one more thing. This was a similar argument we would bring up with Kuman back in the days where Barca were also struggling to score, and but they were generating the opportunities. Although now we have a much more expensive squad and this excuse maybe doesn't work as well. But for me, it's a fact that the players are missing their chances. Indeed, uh, it, is a, it is a problem with both boxes because... Like we say, last season we praised the defensive solidity and the uno terismo of Xavi's Barca, but they've already conceded 19 goals this season in just 17 matches. It took them the whole season to concede 19 last season. Um, so obviously, defensively, the, those numbers have fallen off massively. And as you say, going forward, they are missing a lot of big chances. So it's, it is a game that's defined in both boxes. And right now, Barca are getting on the worst end of, of both sides. Like you say, the Girona game, Xavi said it was a very even game, a paired game. But it was that they were more clinical and Barca were not. So games are always fine margins, but you know, you, you do wonder this this result leaves them now seven points off the top. Do you think are they in the title race or are they just gonna have to just try and solidify and, and stay 
as high as they can in the table. Do you think there's a chance for them to still win the league? I think there's still a chance. I mean, there have been lots of seasons where Madrid or Barca were seven, eight points away, you know, and and, and there still was a fight at the end, even, even though maybe the one at the top would win still. But I think there's a chance, obviously. I don't think Real Madrid are going to win every single game. Uh, I don't think Girona are going to win every single game. Um, and I think Atleti will be there in the fight anyway too. So, I mean, I think that Barca is just a matter of, of getting back on track, you know. Uh, as I said, I think the late, last, latest performances in La Liga haven't been bad. It's just been a matter of getting goals. And I think as soon as those come in, uh, it will change the face of the team. So, I, I think we still have uh, a slight chance. Obviously, it's complicated. We've dropped too many points and that's never ideal. But with the players we have, I think we should at least be, be fighting uh, a bit more uh, for this competition. Mm. Well, there you go, listener. There's some hope for a four-horse race yet. So my doom-mongering at the start was perhaps misplaced. So apologies there. The team that are currently leading that horse race, though, is Real Madrid. They had a, a very comprehensive win on Sunday night, a goleada against Villarreal, and um, that puts them top ahead of Girona's game on Monday night to see if, if Girona can go back, back on top there. But as it stands right now, Madrid are the leaders. Seven clear of Barca, eight clear of Atleti. Quite a gap. Um, again, this game was, was pretty comfortable for them. Villarreal briefly got back in the game at 2-1, but ultimately there was never any doubt in the overall result. Goals for Jude Bellingham yet again. Um, Brian Dia, Rodrigo and Luka Modric, who had a pretty good performance with a lovely assist and a, a really well-taken goal. We'll talk about Villarreal in a second, perhaps, but... Uh, how good was this from Real Madrid, apart from the, the David Alaba serious-looking injury? I have to say, I, I thought it was a very complete performance from Real Madrid. Uh, at least from the ones I've seen, which aren't too many, I have to say. I'm not an avid Real Madrid follower, as you may imagine, <laughs> and I don't watch all the games. But from the ones I've seen, this Never, one was... surely not. <laughs> exactly. But this one was one of the more impressive ones I've seen, honestly. Um, the pressure, how they were recovering the ball. They weren't letting Villarreal breathe too much. Uh, they were really... Powerful offensively, Rodrigo, who's really returned to fantastic form. He's looking super sharp and is a danger constantly with the ball, aside from Bellingham, of course, and keeping in mind that Benitez isn't around. So, I mean, that takes a lot of credit and they're doing really well. But Ahim also stepping up and scoring a beautiful goal um, there against uh, Villarreal. And I mean, they, they look great. And honestly, Villarreal had no answers. So, uh, if Madrid play at this level, it is going to be very difficult to catch them. But honestly, I also felt like Madrid haven't been too consistent either this season. I mean, they've had managed to get the results at least, which is the important thing, but they haven't been playing always at a very high level, in my opinion. I think there will be slumps, you know, and I kind of feel like some of the important players might have an injury at some point. You know, Bellingham is running for every single ball like mad, and it's incredible the attitude he has on the pitch, how he's fighting, how he's really taking charge of this team, in my opinion. He, he, looked, he looks great, but... As we said, he did play in that Champions League game, which was probably unnecessary. He's playing a lot of minutes. He's constantly there. And maybe he'll surprise us and he'll hold on the whole season without injuries. Uh, that would be the best for him. But seeing how Ancelotti likes to usually bet on his main starters to play always, then we might see Madrid go through a slump if something like that happens. And of course, missing David Alaba, we'll have to see how that affects the squad because uh, it didn't look good. He was really in pain and uh, hopefully he'll recover soon. Mm. Quick word on Villarreal then. Um, obviously, they've improved since Marcelino's returned, but and, and they've topped the group in Europe, which was 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 impressive and avoids them having to play um, extra playoff games. So on that front, it's good. But then 
Their last two league games, they conceded three against Rasofidad and then four here tonight. Granted, those two teams are obviously very strong teams, but Villarreal, the submarine is a very leaky vessel. 33 goals conceded in just 17 games. Only the bottom two, Granada and Almeria, have conceded more. So, without... Okay, January's coming quite soon now, so surely the, the first step is for reinforcements to be defensive ones, no? I'd say so, because honestly, Madrid were finding spaces all over that defense. I mean, Albiol, we've praised him last few seasons. He's been really good, but I think his time is about to be over. He's not the same player, at least this season, he hasn't been. Um, Mandy, when he comes on, I've never been a big fan, honestly. He had some good seasons at Betis, but then since then, I've never really liked him too much. And then, of course, Jorge Cuenca, who's still a young player, but I think he's also struggling and isn't you know is kind of falling into this uh bad turbulent defense system they have or whatever you want however you want to call it and he's also not doing well either you know so i mean uh fullbacks aside i don't think it's working out very well luckily for them jorgensen has proved to be a pretty decent keeper even though at the beginning mm-hmm. there was a lot of debate on whether he was uh good enough for them because he did make some uh silly mistakes we could say in some of the games early on but then Little by little, he's gained the confidence of, of the managers he's had this season and, and he's improved. But definitely, as you said, for me, they need a good centre-back. Gabia, who's played sometimes but gets injured all the time. I mean, he hasn't really either been uh, maybe the signing they get expected. So definitely, de- definitely, they have to start off by, you know, finding a way of, of being way more solid at the back because a strong team like Real Sociedad or like Real Madrid just demolishes their defence. And in attack, depends on the game. Again, Real Madrid, they didn't have a good game. But in other games, at least, you know, they're capable of generating and they have the quality going forward. So, as you said, for me, defensively, is is very important that they find uh, some player. Mm, indeed. Alex Baena going off injured, as did Gerard Moreno. So, concerns there for Marfino ahead of the midweek round before Christmas. All right, we'll have to leave it there for part one. When we come back, we'll talk about a club in even deeper crisis, and that is Sevilla. So, stay tuned for all the latest going on at the Ramon Sanchez people. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. As we teased before the break there, Sevilla went from chaos to crisis to an all-time low, perhaps, uh, certainly in the last few seasons. Getafe came to town and um, on a run of, of only one win in their last 21 away matches there, you'd expect a lot more of a fight from Sevilla, but Getafe went there and won 3-0 comprehensively. Borja Mayoral from the spot, Jaime Mata, and then a Mason Greenwood penalty to wrap it up. Um, after which Diego Alonso was very quickly sacked, hardly well, an hour after the game it was official, and reports are that Kike Sanchez Flores will be the man to replace him. Could be as early as Monday morning, so by the time you're listening to this, he could already be officially announced. Um, again, Roman, defensive calamities from Sevilla, no real confidence in the team, absolute hammering at the hands of Bordalas' Getafe. Paco Pollitt put it really well in our group chat. Um, Bordalas turning Tornado Alonso into a summer breeze, and yeah, Sevilla had no answers, and this was a, a really chastening defeat, which cost him his job. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think Alonso has ever been a tornado here in Spain, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, he's always been a breeze, in my opinion. And I mean, we've said it on the pod constantly that there were questions on why they were going for a manager with barely an experience here in La Liga coaching. And also, we were also talking about why did they let Mendilibar go so soon? And it kind of feels like all the problems they had last season that Mendilibar kind of uh, managed to hide away for a bit have resurfaced and they're looking even worse, we could say, you know. So now Kike Sanchez-Flores, if he comes on, he's going to have an incredible task, an incredibly difficult task to try and uh, get this ship steering the right way. And honestly, Diego Alonso has been a massive disappointment. The team doesn't feel like they've really believed him at any point uh, this season. And uh, the games they've played have been... I mean, Recife have been unrecognizable, in my opinion. A team with the players they have, I'm not saying it's an incredible squad, but they have a pretty good team to be at least top half of the standings. I think we can all agree on that. And it's definitely uh, not nice to see them suffering uh, so much. And this year, they won't even have Europa League to to fight for, which is also a disappointment because Sevilla are synonymous of Europa League and not having them there is, is kind of weird, I, I have to say. So... I mean, as I said, very difficult task now for for whoever comes on board because um, three managers in a season means that you haven't done things properly and it's not the best of debuts, we could say, for, for Victor Orta coming on board in this uh, in this uh, historical club. Yeah, well, it'll be back-to-back seasons with three coaches because, of course, Lopetegui was still there in September last year, then it was San Paoli for a brief time, then Mendelibar, and then... This season, Mendelibar, Diego Alonso, and now the new. Um, they will have a clear calendar, at least, because as you say, no Europe. So they will just have La Liga and the Copa. They were the only two wins for Diego Alonso. Two cup wins against the sixth tier side and then a fifth tier side. Every other game was either a draw or, most recently, a defeat. And getting worse and worse, as you say. So it, it had to come. As soon as they were out of Europe, you, you felt it was coming. And a result like this left them with, with no choice, simply. Um, and a word on Hitafe because this is their biggest away win in the league since January 2020, so pre-pandemic. And they are, again, if, if we weren't talking so much about Girona or even Athletic, 
Getafe are the real turnaround story this year because they're only two points off the European spots and they are putting in a real fight to be in that conversation again. Pepe Boy the last doing board the last things. Yeah, I mean, quietly but steadily there, you kind of feel like not much is happening. But then you look at the standings, you see that they're eighth with 25 points, just uh, five points away from from European positions. And it's like, oh, wow, I mean, Getafe aren't as bad as maybe we thought. And I mean, that win against Sevilla, as you said, it was finally breaking that terrible streak they had away uh, from home. Massive win for them. Uh, three points more and Bordalas, you know, doing his mag- magic. And who knows if we'll see another uh, Eurogeta uh, next season if they keep up uh, the good results of course they've had their ups and downs and they do struggle to to win some of the games you know the, the typical 1-0 uh, that Bordalas likes to get against for example Cadiz we saw or 2-1 against Almeria you know it's not like they're winning comfortably every game like the one against Sevilla but still in the end what counts is adding up the points and for a team like Getafe to be eighth this stage of the season is, is incredibly good and it's basically uh mission accomplished we could say because it's super unlikely that they will fight for rele- relegation at this point and I mean that's that's what they want when they brought Bordalas back you know to recover a better version of Getafe and so far he he knows what he's doing and like Valverde coming back home and mm-hmm. doing a fantastic job indeed Eurogeta 2.0 <laughs> loading Paco is well on the hype train let me tell you <laughs> listeners um, speaking of uh, well Clubs that needed a win, big time. Sevilla, of course, didn't get it. Felta had a huge six-pointer at the bottom, taking on Granada uh, Saturday lunchtime, and they did get a crucial victory. Jorgen Strand Larsen with the early goal, and not even a late Yago Aspas red card could derail Felta this time. So Rafa was able to keep his rant in his pocket this time, and they moved, well, it moved them out of the relegation zone until Sunday's results, but they're now level on points with Sevilla, for example in that uh, last relegation spot. So it's, it's very tight down there. Only three points separates 13th from 18th. So a real cluster of clubs there, including Villarreal, including Sevilla. But Celta putting a bit of distance ahead of, of 19th and uh, a big win for Rafa. Yeah, believe it or not, Celta's second win this season under Rafa Benitez. Pretty, pretty tough to hear, you know, because I mean, I think the project was pretty exciting at the beginning of the season having an experienced manager like Rafa coming back to the La Liga, taking a team like Celta, which for me has a pretty acceptable squad, you know, and I think they think they definitely shouldn't be so far down there, but they have really suffered. There have been lots of complaints by by Rafa in terms of refereeing and, and these kind of controversial decisions, and it felt like sometimes he was putting too many excuses, and I mean, this was a very, very crucial game against Granada, and losing here... I mean, for me, it probably would have meant Rafa might have left. I mean, I've heard rumors that maybe they can't fire him because they'd have to pay more money or something like that. I don't know until... Yeah. I don't know how true that is. Uh, but if that weren't the case, I'm sure he would have probably been sacked uh, losing against Granada. So it was a massive win. I didn't see the game, but I remember I was on my phone checking the results, seeing that 90th minute, hoping that Celta would pull off a win because, you know, I, I like the team and... I kind of feel for, for Rafa and the players and uh, they had the red card so it looked a bit tough but in the end they, they managed to pull through and great news. Hopefully they can build on this on these three points and let's see if this can give them the confidence they need you know, to, to step, up, step out sorry, from this uh, relegation zone. Mm, indeed. There are four games are beaten now as are Cadiz and Mallorca who also both got 
positive results, we could say. Mallorca less so because they would have wanted to beat Almeria. Uh, but that was stalemate down in uh, Andalusia. While Cadiz went to Las Palmas and came from behind to draw 1-1. So a better point for Cadiz than Las Palmas, you would say. And I mean, Almeria, they need wins big time because they, they and Granada look completely cut adrift now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I I said it a while ago. For me, Almeria already a, a second division team. I just don't see this being turned around anyhow. Uh, they haven't managed a single win in seventeen games. I mean, not a single win, man. That's, I mean, they that's... have they have the exact same record after seventeen games as Elche had last season. And we know that Elche also had no chance of surviving. So I mean, their fate is it's sealed for me. So for me, it's it's it's, it's game over. Uh, even if they improve a bit, I just. I just don't see it happening. Maybe they'll shut me up, you know, and have an incredible end of the season. And who knows if they'll be fighting to to save themselves to the very end. But it just doesn't look like it. And constantly, pod after pod, we keep, keep bringing them up and we keep saying the same thing because there isn't really an improvement, honestly. And in mm. terms of Granada, they still have a shot. Uh, it's a bit closer, but still also very, very difficult and unlikely, my my opinion. And also the move of, of selling Brian Zaragoza and announcing it, announcing it halfway through the season the guy who's kind of been the boost of, of, of energy, the quality that maybe you were missing. And and he has been quite absent lately, you know, since maybe getting called up for the national team. I don't think we've seen the best version of Brian Zaragoza. And of course, now his mind is probably more set on leaving. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to want to help his team, etc. But it just doesn't feel like the right moment. And uh, Granada also have a very, very tough job. Mm. Indeed. Well, two more games to mention. On Friday night, Osasuna beat Raya with a 95th minute header from Raul Garcia. Uh, no, not that one. Um, a different Raul Garcia, of course. He did just play at Osasuna, but obviously not him. He's at Athletic Club. So they had a, a welcome victory for them because that's only their fifth of the season. And, uh, and of course, the one game that uh, many fans were looking forward to and did indeed enjoy was Real Sociedad taking on Betis. It finished 0-0, but this was a very watchable one. Um, chances for both sides. Keepers just about on top. Keeps both sides well in the European race in 6th and 7th. Um, hard to really say who would be happier with this result. Probably Betis, after their disappointment in Europe. But um, yeah, both sides looking strong for, for a top 6-7 finish. I think uh, Betis will probably be happier with this result, especially keeping in mind that now Athletic Club have gone past the Real Sociedad, and of course, mm. uh, that's something fans won't like to see uh, when they check the standings. So in that sense, I do think Betis needed this a bit more, at least a good result. Uh, they were uh, also, sorry, playing away from home, which isn't never easy, you know, against Real Sociedad, and so. Uh, the game had, as you said, it was a nil-nil result, but they had opportunities on both sides. There were actually a couple of goals ruled out uh, during the game for Real Sociedad. I mean, it could have gone any way, honestly. At the end, I remember also Diao missing a really good opportunity. So, I mean, it, it was quite electric, quite fun. Uh, both teams fought hard, and as, as you said, Betis needed this because they're getting knocked out basically out of the Europa League was was a massive disappointment, and losing against losing again this weekend would have really turned things uh, would have heated things up we could say in, in Betis in, and not in a good sense so uh, let's see if they can also build on this mm. well one more game left of match day 17 and that is Monday night at 
Montilivi, Girona taking on Alaves, looking to go back on top of the table. And then straight after that, we have a midweek round of games, including Atleti Getafe, Barça Almeria, Villarreal Celta, Real Betis Girona and Real Madrid at Alaves. We will be actually back, not midweek, but next next weekend because we're going to include that Atleti game against Sevilla next Saturday. So we'll be recording after that game and that'll be our premium pop podcast for subscribers, which will be out on Christmas Eve. So an ideal little Christmas present. So Roman, it'd be a great present if uh, listeners would subscribe and upgrade their membership to uh, to get access to all that lovely content, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic. Or they can even gift a subscription if they want to friends, family, uh, people at work, whoever, you know. It's also a great gift uh, if they enjoy football and obviously La Liga. Indeed. So we'll have a nice bumper podcast next weekend coming out to review all of Matchday 18 as well as that Atleti Sevilla clash, which, uh, well, could be very interesting for numerous reasons. New coach of Sevilla, Atleti's home record potentially on the line. Plenty to talk about. We will be there next weekend for you all. But from us here tonight, thanks for listening, Roman. Thank you so much for your fantastic insight, as always. Thank you very much, man. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the week, listeners. Enjoy the midweek round, and we'll talk to you again soon. Adios. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.